0: You're listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, your daily podcast on the Denver Nuggets. Now, here is your host from denverstiffs.com, Adam Mates. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Adam Mates, from denverstiffs.com, the largest Denver Nuggets blog and community on the web. Check us out. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Today's episode of the show... It's going to be kind of a recap of the season so far. I just feel like this is a halfway point of the season, especially for the Denver Nuggets because they are getting so many guys back from injury that I just thought it'd be neat to kind of look back player by player, line by line, and just kind of talk about which guys have stood out, which guys have looked good so far, and um, and talk about things I want to see from every player. So that's what we're going to do with this episode. So let's dive right into it. And the first player we're going to start with, of course, who else would we start with? Nikola Jokic. Having what I think is the best season of his career 20 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Um, If you look at his per 36 numbers um, compared to previous seasons, he's pretty much up in every category. His rebounding, I think, is right on par with last season, Um, but everything else, you know up his field goal percentages a little bit uh a little bit down he has the second best effective field goal percentage of his career effective field goal percentage just factors in the value of three pointers and two pointers so um it tells you it's a really good indicator of how well a guy is shooting the ball not counting free throws and um the only season that's better so far has been his sophomore season which was sort of like a historically great season from the mid range. Uh, I kind of anticipate that he will even get better for his efficiency going forward, just as there's more weapons, there's more guys for defenses to cover. And I think he'll, he'll sort of excel in, in that role. So, um, he's just been great in his last 10. He's even taken it to another level, 25 points, 10 and a half rebounds, eight assists. So nearly a 25 point triple double over the last 10. And I, I just think, a couple things have happened with him this year. First of all, he has been the fulcrum of the of the offense and sort of the centerpiece um, of for which all the other players revolve around and for which every possession on offense sort of revolves around in stretches over the last two seasons. But this is the first year where I feel like every game. Um, he is the centerpiece of attention. And the team sort of collectively, I think, buys into that. Actually, I know they buy into that. They all talk about it and how much they want to get him going early on. But I think also just he has sort of accepted this role of his and, and accepted that he needs to be um, to make sure that he's the centerpiece of, of attention on offense. And he's just learned how to do that and is so much more comfortable in that role. I would call this the most comfortable season of of Jokic's career. He looks the most at peace with what he's supposed to be doing and how to be doing it, uh, and he's grown it, it just in, in in finding that role, I think, uh, as the season has gone on. And I don't think that will ever go away with him. It's been a process. It's been a four-year process for him to sort of – I you know f- realized that he was the best player and accept it and all those things, but I think now it's been consistent enough now through forty what what's it been forty seven games or so forty five games that I don't think it's going backwards. I think this is kind of who he will be to stay, um, and and I think that's really exciting for Nuggets fans. Um, things for him to improve upon. He needs to get to the free throw line a lot more. Just four five point one attempts per 36 minutes and per game, even um, his free throw attempts, just 4.4. That's not very many. Um, He does a good job of drawing fouls. But he doesn't draw a lot of um, shooting fouls. And I think especially with his post game, you know, he's a finesse player, so he's never going to get, like, the DeMarcus Cousins treatment with free throws. But there are opportunities for him to sort of attack a little bit more and get to the line. And I think that will be a big part of his scoring efficiency going up. So that's one thing that I think he can probably work on, his three-point field goal percentage. My guess, I think Nikola Jokic is a 36% or 37% three point shooter. I just think career wise, he's 35.5. Um, you throw out that, that rookie year, then I think he's right around thirty-six and a half. So I think that's where he probably is from a talent perspective. He's only thirty-two point three percent um so far this season. And over his last ten games, I think that's a little bit better. I think he's somewhere around thirty-five. Let me pull it up here. Yeah, thirty thirty-five percent almost exactly. Um so he's he's still a little bit below what I would like to see, but I think As there's more weapons around, I think he'll get more of those comfortable in rhythm three point attempts. Um, So I I would expect that to go up a little bit here in the back half of the career, but uh, back half of his season. But that's not something I'm horribly confident in. It really would make him a better player if he could get up into the 40% zone. Um, His left hand in the post is another thing I think he can continue to improve on. He has a a handful of moves there. But if a defender can force him over that right shoulder to his left hand, um, he just isn't as strong there. Statistically, he, he actually does okay, but he doesn't take very many of those. I mean, He clearly prefers going over his left shoulder with his right hand um, so that's another area he can kind of improve on. It would make him, he's so unguardable as an offensive player anyway, but as a one-on-one scorer, it would make him a lot more dominant, especially late in games. And then lastly, I've talked about this before, but finding a go-to move, I think a follow away out of the post would be kind of a Dirk Nowitzki type follow away or even just sort of a, a one dribble shimmy shake follow away would be a really good move for him to to develop in his arsenal and have, and have be his signature move in, in tight situations. Um, his usage is way up in January it was a little bit up in December I would love to see it remain where it was usage basically just factors in how many of a possession how many possessions a player finishes with a turnover or field goal attempt or free throw attempt and he um it's gone up as more has been asked of him but I think it no matter who he's playing with his usage should be high the team should just always be finding him so I hope that he doesn't shy away from taking shots now that there's more weapons um regaining uh, rejoining the roster but I think his confidence is up and his focus is up in ways that we just had not seen prior to this point. So big, big year for, for him. Second on the list, Jamal Murray, the, the second half of Denver's dynamic duo. And and the, the joy of this season has been watching Jamal Murray sort of ascend to the role we all hoped he would have. And he still has a long way to go. I don't want to sort of crown him now and say, oh, now he's the team's second best player. But it's clear that he has the the second most upside of all the players we've seen so far. I mean, who knows with Michael Porter Jr. or or whatever, or Isaiah Thomas, you know, if he comes back. But right now, Jamal Murray, when he is on, his ceiling is as high as anybody besides Jokic's, and it's a big reason of why I think Nuggets fans are so excited. He's a lot better now. I want to ask Michael Malone about this tomorrow at practice. He is, to me, he is so much better now than he was in October. I mean, the in-season improvement that he has made so far has just been so – I mean, clear and present that um, it makes you excited for where he'll be in a couple months. Um, 19 points, five assists is a very impressive line. The assist is the big thing. The passing from him is the biggest difference from October to now. And if you look at it month by month, his assist numbers have gone up very, lin- very linear. So that's encouraging. I think he's Clearly more confident and more comfortable in the pick-and-roll delivering the pass. You recall on my show a couple months back, October and November, I talked about how um, gun-shy he was to make plays, and he would miss Jokic a lot in the pick-and-roll, I think in large part because he was afraid to turn the ball over. Well, I just think he's a lot more comfortable and a lot more confident now. So Whereas before, maybe he was playing extra conservative in pick-and-roll, now he's delivering the ball when it needs to get there now and worrying less about the mistakes. And then I think, not coincidentally, his three-point shot has really returned. And for him, all the other skills, I, I think, you know are things that are going to come with time. He's going to be just a better passer and better defender and all these different things. But the number one thing that I still just don't know that I have a great read on is his three-point shooting. And over the last 10 games, 46% from the three-point line over his last 10 games, which is just I mean, Steph Curry-esque. Uh, six attempts a game, which is, you know, good volume, not, not elite, kind of like James Harden or, or Steph Curry, but it's still really, really, uh, that's a lot of attempts to be shooting that kind of efficiency, and he looks confident with his shot. If he shoots above 40% from here on out, Denver's winning, I don't know, 54, 55 games or more. Um, that's how important his three-point shot is to what the Denver Nuggets are doing. So Jokic and Murray, this is wild. They've played more minutes than anybody else. This shouldn't be surprising because they've both been healthy for just about every game. And um, they play a lot of minutes. So they've played more minutes than any other two-man duo. 1,130 minutes so far in the season. And the Nuggets in those minutes are a plus 7.4 net. That means they're outscoring opponents by 7.4 points Per 100 possessions, that's a phenomenal number, especially when you consider the amount of a sample size we have. And even more when you consider the fact that, I don't know, some 15 games of those came without Barton, Harris or Millsap. So the the, the long and the short of it is that Denver's two most important players long term and their age 23 and 21 season are already such a dynamic duo that they're, they're an enormous net positive, even with um you know some weird surrounding pieces with him and guys in and out of the lineup that's really 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 key some things to improve the three point shooting is key for him and i would love to see these slumps that he goes into to be gone i mean He can only be so good of a of of a basketball player if he has months where he shoots below thirty five percent from the three point line. Um, Great shooters just don't seem to have those extended slumps. Maybe they have bad games, bad weeks, bad two week stretches, whatever. But Jamal Murray having you know basically two months in each season where he has slumped so bad, and this being his third season, that's certainly concerning. Um, But the flip side of that is we also know that he has the ability to shoot forty six percent for a month straight and. Um, so his highs are so high and I would just love to see him reach those highs a little bit more frequently. His defense still needs work. I, I still think he's probably the worst defender on the nuggets main rotation, maybe Wancho, um, worse than him, but, uh, but Jamal Murray still needs a lot of work on the defensive end. But, again, I give I cut him some slack because so much has been asked of him uh, on the offensive end with so many injuries that I think he chooses wisely to be more of an offensive player than defensive player. And then I've talked about this b- before, but he, he does get stops and he does play a lot better defense in fourth quarter, so he knows when winning time is. And then lastly – when I look at his body, he's only 21 years old. Um, he still, I think, can get a lot quicker, a lot leaner, and a lot more just cut up. Um, one of the things that sticks out to me whenever I see Steph Curry in person is just how ripped he is. And he doesn't look ripped when you see him on TV, but he just does not carry a lot of weight he is he is pretty lean in in regards to he has muscles and he has bones and he doesn't have much else and he's just like he's really 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 lean and I think I I don't think that Jamal is ever gonna be like Kemba Walker level quick but Steph Curry is very shifty and he's he's very crafty with his dribble I think Jamal's handle is probably as good as as Steph's or, or at least close but he's not qu- believe it or not not quite as quick so I think if Jamal really got – had like the Gary Harris level intensity to his workouts over the summer and just um, really got lean. I think his game would go to a whole other level, all-star caliber level. Um, But we haven't seen that yet, and I'm really curious to see if he has it in him. We'll throw it a break here, but I want to tell you first about my favorite sponsor of the show, realtor Ryan Dykstra of Ion Real Estate. Realtor Ryan is a Denver native with 10 years experience helping people just like you buy and sell a home in the Denver Metro real estate market. He knows Denver because uh, just like me, he's from Denver and he loves his hometown. He loves everything about it and he knows it inside and out. He's also a diehard Nuggets fan. He reached out to me to sponsor the show because he listens to the show and he loves the Denver Nuggets. Um, He's been a season ticket holder for 10 seasons and you might've seen him at Pepsi Center Sporting, his personalized Realtor Ryan Denver Nuggets jersey. I always tell people, investing in real estate, this is what I did for nine years before I became a a Nuggets blogger and podcast host. And I I truly, and I mean this guys, I know the value of a good agent and a bad agent. Anybody can become a real estate agent. It's really surprisingly easy to get licensed but there's a huge difference, an enormous difference between a good one and a bad one and that's why I think it's important for you to find a good one in in Realtor Ryan of Ion Real Estate. So if you're tired of paying rent or if you want to upgrade your home, uh, call or text Ryan directly 303-217-1533. That's 303-217-1533. It's free to call. Uh, He can walk you through whatever questions you have. There's no question. I know a lot of people get intimidated with real estate. Oh, I don't even know what questions to ask. Just call. Let him know what you're looking to do, whether it's buy a new home, sell the home you're in, look at an investment property, whatever. He'll be happy to walk you through all of the steps, whether you're a beginner or a seasoned real estate investor. He can walk you through all of the different steps. Um, And let him know that Locked On Nuggets sent you. He has a great promo going on right now for listeners of the show. You mentioned Locked On Nuggets and he'll provide you a Free blue ribbon home warranty when you buy or sell your home with him. That'll really ensure it'll either help you sell the home that you already have, or if you're buying one, it'll give you a peace of mind that your appliances and things like the furnace aren't going to go out. So give him a call, 303 217 1533. That's Realtor Ryan Dykstra, Ion Real Estate, 303 217 1533. talk about gary harris and it's weird talking about him because he's almost he's just been gone for so much of the last you know half of this season so far i guess it's only a quarter of the season if you Talk about start to to the end in April, Um, but it's a bit weird how well the team has played in his absence. Um, And I think if you're if you're really honest about the about the Nuggets and what's the best case scenario for them is, I think it provides a little glimpse of to okay, can this team survive without him? And um, with as well as some of the guys behind him have played, maybe the answer is yes. I would hate for that to be the answer because Gary. I think probably my second favorite player on this uh, on this roster. Just love everything he represents and what he means. But at the, the flip side of that is, you know, Denver has not been whole this year, really for any stretch. And even now, it's going to take I think a couple weeks for them to really be back to full strength. And part of me keeps thinking, well, Denver did this well without him. Does that mean that they don't need him as much, or that he's he's sort of just icing on, uh, uh, you know, the cherry on top, or whatever, or? Does it mean that this team actually has a whole other level they can get to with him? And I actually lean towards that. I think that this team has another level that they can get to. So I'm very curious to see how he elevates this team. Um, His three-point field goal percentage is way down. We talked about this. It's been a non-story because he's been out of the lineup. But we talked about this when he was in the lineup, how surprising it was that he was slumping because he really had never slumped before uh, over the last three seasons. But just 33.6% from the three-point line this season, uh, I expect that to go way up. Um, and things to improve for him. His handle was looking so good before he got hurt. By far the best I had ever seen it. We we had started to see some flashes of this last year. I really think back to that Boston Celtics game in Boston where he put a couple of just ridiculous moves on Jalen Brown and got to the cup. Well, this year that became a much more regular thing where um, he, he had kind of um, – it invented this new move, or I don't know if out-invented, but perfected this new between-the-legs crossover move that he was really beating guys off the dribble. But he just looked like his handle was as good as we had ever seen it. So um, I want to see him continue to utilize that and utilize it smart. Finishing at the rim has been down this year. If you recall, last year he wasn't getting to the rim as much, and I talked about some of the spacing issues that led to that. Um, but this year he's getting there a little bit more, less than he was two seasons ago, but more than last year. But he's not finishing very well at the rim, career low uh, finishing. So I'm curious about that. And then also his passing in the pick and roll. He had really added that to his game over the last two seasons. I would still call it sort of a – he's like a B playmaker in the pick and roll, not an A, a playmaker. But that's good enough because you have uh, Jamal Murray, who's your your main guy there. You've got Will Barton, who's another main guy there. So he's really the third guy in the pick and roll. And as far as third options go in the pick and roll, he's he, he's elite at being a third option there. So those are the things I want to see from Gary. I'm excited. I don't mean to like be a buzzkill with Gary. I don't, I'm don't. i not like advocating for trading him or anything like that. It would break my heart for him to be gone. But you do have to look at Malik Beasley and Will Barton and, and just think, okay, do they have guys that can maybe fill in a little bit behind him? And if so, is that money better u- utilized elsewhere? I hope the answer is no, and I hope that now that he's back and the team is healthy, they just blow everybody out of the water because that's by far, uh, I think, my favorite option. Paul Millsap. His minutes across the board, his per-game numbers are way down. We're looking at and, – and I think we've expected this. I mean, he's 33 years old. We expect a decline coming on the offensive end. And then on top of that, I've talked about Jokic's usage going up and how much he has sort of taken over the fulcrum of the offense. Well, I think Paul Millsap is the guy who sacrifices the most on offense. Um, so it still feels a bit like he doesn't have a spot to be on the offensive end alongside Jokic. I mean, he's a post up player. He's a good passer. When the game gets sped up, I think he finds spots to kind of fill in and he some nice assists, some nice rebounds, nice touches, whatever. Um, but I, it still feels like there are play there. There are moments where it's kind of like okay, he's just kind of standing out of the way and he's just kind of just being a guy out on the court. And um, and, and so that's something that that I think I kind of want to see. Last year, I thought when he went out of the lineup and he came back in, he was a completely different player. Um, This year, I think that has also been true, but he's only been back for like seven games, so um, it it could just be a little bit of rust, and and he'll start to fit back into the offense the way he was in the first 10 games or so of the season. Uh, Something to keep an eye on. His three-point field goal percentage is above his career average. Career average, I think, right at 33%. He's at 35. I think 35 is right where you want it to be. If he can knock down 35% of his three-point shots, then the Nuggets are good. He's a floor spacer on top of all the other stuff he does. And then again, I'm, I'm talking mostly about offensive stuff here, but the value of Paul Millsap is that you have a good defense when he's on the floor. Your defense just has this floor that's really high because you're you're going to be a good defense with him. So when I talk about does he have a role on offense and where does he fit in, the Nuggets offense is doing just fine, um, and then he's elevating the defense. It's just that the offense hasn't become nuclear like we see with certain other lineups. So um, just kind of something to file away. Now, the Jokic-Milsap two-man pairing is actually Denver's second most uh, used two-man pairing, I believe, See if I didn't screw this up here, I might have screwed it up. Either way, they've played a boatload of minutes with Jokic and Milsap together. Um, and that duo is a plus 10.4 net rating. That is scorching hot. I talked about Jamal Murray and Jokic being a plus 7.4, which is great. Um, but Milsap and Jokic together, a plus 10.4. That. Think about it this way. A game is usually 100 possessions. So on average, if they played the entire game together, they would win by 10 points, 10 and a half. So that tells you how good that is. It's rare for a team to win by 10 and a half points. Um, maybe one or two teams on average will win by that per year, maybe not any. So the fact that when those two guys are on the court, they're like an elite team. They have the second – oh, he has the second best individual defensive rating behind Mason Plumlee, which individual defensive rating doesn't tell you much, but when he is consistently one of the best, it just tells you that when he is on the court, the Nuggets are great on defense. Things he can return – or he can improve. Can he return to form as an offensive player? Can he just kind of find a way to fit in on offense a little bit better than he has? Again, that's a big question for me. He missed a lot of time, not as much as last season, but still enough that I'd love to see him kind of – more consistently be a big piece of the offense um he looks about 85 percent if I was to put a number on it that but I want to see if he can have the same defensive impact I don't know what the numbers say but it just hasn't felt like he has elevated the Nuggets defense over this last 10 games and probably some of that has to do with a little bit of pain and discomfort in his toe he said there's no more pain um but you know there's still a psychological just getting over it getting back into shape getting used to you know running again at that the pace and everything. So So I want to see it's time it's right now. It's time for Denver to get their defense back in order. And a lot of that falls on his shoulders. If he gets all the credit for it, when the nuggets were top five defense from that first quarter of the season, then he should be expected to kind of get back to that level. So I'm curious to see if he does that. And then my big question for him, sort of like with Gary with, with we were talking about with Gary Harris, Mason Plumlee has been so good alongside Nikola Jokic that those two, Millsap and Jokic and um, Plumlee and Jokic, those two two-man combos are basically even. Um, there's almost no difference statistically between them. The Nuggets are just clean up. They're better defensively with Millsap, but they're better offensively with Mason. Um, but the the Nets are, are pretty identical. So it does make you wonder, how does Denver approach Paul Millsap's free agency this summer? They, they have a team option that um, I've, I've kind of assumed for a while that they would decline – um, and then try to restructure maybe a more long term deal on shorter numbers. But you look at it and you just look at how many players have broken out for the Nuggets between Malik Beasley, Monte Morris, um, you know, Jamal Murray obviously is going to get paid. It makes you wonder a little bit more long term of, How much money do they want to commit to him long term? I think everybody would love for him to stay in Denver, and it's really, really he elevates them. If they were to lose him, I think they would take a step back next year. But do you want to pay him for two, three seasons, especially if next year maybe you slide Mason Plumley into that role as like the starting power forward and, and maybe you don't really skip a beat? I think that was not an interesting question to me two, three months ago, but it is a lot more of an interesting question to me now. Bill Barton, just 128 total minutes. There's almost nothing to say about him because 128 total minutes is nothing. Um, Starting was so important to him. And this season, uh, and sadly, it looks like he probably will start. I don't know, maybe 25 games total this year, maybe 30. Um, It won't be much, however many it is. So I I feel obviously really bad, but he just doesn't look right quite yet. Um, He's still getting getting there. I talked last show about how I think it'll take several weeks. Um, I was hoping maybe he'd come right back, but like Paul Millsap last year, you miss half a season. That really is. it, It just takes so much time to get back in game shape. These guys spend. Um, all summer sort of trying to stay in shape and elevate their conditioning. And then, you know, guys like Jokic fly in three, four weeks before the season begins just to kind of get their bodies right. So if you think about that and how he's really only had like two weeks to kind of get his body right, I just think it's going to take a while for him to get into game shape, game rhythm, game timing and all that stuff. So things to work on, um, keep the ball moving. I thought in his first six quarters this is such a small sample size to go off of but I thought in his first six quarters of action he was so good at just making quick decisions with the basketball which for him that's the key right it, it, we know he has the talent he could knock down the shot he could put it on the floor he can finish at the rim and he can get to the line he has all of the talent and he can pass the ball so he has all the talents it's just sometimes maybe he gets a little too zero focused in and I thought through in his first game and a half he had the perfect balance between passing and looking to score and since he's come back it's looked like he's been a little bit more looking to score so um again that's part of the rhythm of the game and him trying to figure it out but that's the thing for him to work on uh and that's what I'll be keeping an eye on as he works himself back into shape Monte Morris, the sixth most minutes on the team so far. I don't know why that was surprising to me. I guess it probably shouldn't. He also leads the team in three-point field goal percentage at 43%. Will Will Barton's actually ahead of him, but, again, he just doesn't have the attempts. I think only 25 attempts. It's not really fair to compare um, a guy with so few attempts. So of the guys that have really played significant minutes and put up a significant attempts, Monte Morris leads the team. Um, his shot selection is an A+. Plus. I always talk about this your your field goal percentages have as much to do with shot selection as they do your actual talent and ability to knock him down but he is a guy that almost never takes a shot that I question it's just he has such a great feel for the game and just what a great story he has been <clears throat> this breakout season for him and um, Denver was smart enough to lock him up to a three-year deal. So he's under contract for this. If, if he were to like renegotiate a deal this summer, if he was a free agent, I think Denver would pay a lot more and there'd probably be other teams trying to get in on it. So, um, kudos to the Nuggets for, for locking him down early and now being able to kind of ride out that contract. I'm curious how he finishes the season because as good as he has played, um, He's never played 82 minutes at this at this level. So, and he's a small guy, slender build. So I'm kind of curious to see how his body holds up. And um, and then also, will the Isaiah Thomas thing become a distraction? He has said that he is not um, you know, too concerned about that. But you do have to just wonder how his role changes. Will he have the ball in his hands? I think. He, That Nuggets second unit is, it's crazy how many different like little segments of the season there have been. But if you go back to that first 10 games, the bench was the story. The starters were good, very good. But the bench was excellent and the Nuggets starters would hang with anybody or take a slight lead. And then the bench would come in and just extend it and and blow the doors off. Well, um, he runs that unit really well. I think him and Mason Plumlee have a great two-man game going in the pick and roll. Trey Lyles has a great fit off of that unit, and then when you give him Torrey Craig and Malik Beasley, and Malik Beasley right now just shooting the leather off the ball. You you give him those guys. I just think that unit can be so great, and 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 he deserves a ton of credit for it. Mason Plumley, what a year from him! Um, really, really, really impressive season from him so far, and it's crazy. I, I in your head before I say anything, just just think about this: how many. Um, minutes do you think he averages this season? The answer is 19.9, which is so much fewer than I would have expected. Um, it seems like he's always on the court because he has such a loud presence when he's out there, but he has the 10th most minutes per game of anybody on the roster, which is really, really shocking to me. Um, th- he is uh, second most efficient season of his career. Only his rookie season did he have a better um, efficiency from the field. Um, and uh, his rookie season in Brooklyn, he was basically just a pick-and-roll lob dunker. So uh, like DeAndre Jordan, think of like that. So now that he's become so much more of like a putback guy, pick-and-roll lob finisher, duck-in guy, all this stuff, uh, it's impressive how efficient he has been. And I just think that he has learned how to be great next to, to, to Jokic. Those two guys – It's funny to think back to how much we did not like those two guys playing alongside each other because now you look at them and you think, man, they've really figured it out. They seem to enjoy playing with each other. Um, and And so that's really interesting. Things to work on. I talk about this all the time. I don't expect it to change, but I still don't like his spacing in the dunker spot. Um, I think he he ducks in and he plays a little bit too close to the paint. I would like to see him take another step away from the paint just to create a little bit more space. And then there's a whole timing to that when when you're a little bit off. And Kenneth Freed I think is the king of this, but as you, you kind of feel for when it's time to start running. If you're almost like one step or two steps inside the three the corner three point line you kind of read when your guy starts to go and you start to step and you get your momentum going. So when you catch the ball, you're already kind of going into your dunk motion. Well, right now he kind of just stays on that block. And then when he catches the ball, it's almost like he's vertical dunk, jumping to dunk it. Whereas I think the better thing would be to be a couple steps out and, and be walking or, you know, kind of stepping into the catch and then dunking. Um, So that's one of the things. And then I'm just excited to see him back on the bench. I hope that they – I don't think they will have a lot of minutes for Jokic and Plumlee going forward, which is kind of a drag. Once everybody's healthy, those minutes probably get cut down quite a bit. Um, But he was so good off of the bench, and he was so dominant. The the Nuggets um, – I'm looking forward to those games again where they're up by 15, 20 points at the half because they're – their starters got off to a five, six point lead and the bench came in and extended that to 15. So I think it's coming and it's coming very, very soon. And he's going to be a big, big, big part of that. Malik Beasley, a breakout year for him, maybe the biggest breakout candidate outside of Monte Morris for the Nuggets. And even there, you could throw him right and put his his name right, right alongside it. 23 minutes per game, 42% from the three point uh, line. And, and it feels sustainable. That that number, um, it doesn't feel like a fluke. His shot is beautiful. His shot selection has been good, not great. I think he can even refine it a little bit better. But he's just a reliable knockdown guy, and when he's in rhythm like he has been, I think his shot is great. So um, to me, he, is, he he's such an interesting one because coming into the season, I thought, okay, Malik Beasley's like, that's the guy I would trade at the trade deadline, maybe if he's playing all right. But now you see him play, you think – he might be a guy that I just want to see more of now. I want to see him at the three. I want to, with the starters, I want to see him alongside Jokic a lot more because he's just such a good player alongside Jokic. Um, he has 500 minutes playing alongside Jokic, and they're a plus 10 net rating, which, again, if you just look at everybody who plays alongside Jokic, plus 10, that's about as good as it gets. So he has really, really been impressive. His defense still needs uh, some improvement. Um, he's still thinking the game too much, I think, uh, especially on the defensive end. But even on the offensive end, y- you could tell he just needs more and more and more reps. He- I think he can start to utilize. This is the biggest note for him. He is the most athletic guy on the team, I think, by quite a bit, but he doesn't always tr- use that athleticism in the in the dribble handoff. The dribble handoff, if you're not familiar, the, the kind of the staple of the Nuggets offense, Jokic, it's like instead of setting a pick and roll on the ball handler, he dribbles, hands the ball off to a who becomes the ball handler, and then they go off of it. Well, he can, I think, really learn how to run off of that handoff in ways that use his athleticism to his advantage. If you think about you're guarding say um, I'm trying to think of an unathletic guy like a Boris Diaw in a handoff, right? You're guarding him and he's walking into the to receive the handoff. He's not going to juke you out of your shoes and and like beat you back door because he's just not fast. He doesn't have those quick twitch muscles. Well, I think with Beasley it's a lot about footwork, it's a lot about feel and timing, but he's so springy that I think he can really work on setting his guys up more, beating them back door or setting them up for the back door and beating them around the curl and then exploding to the rim. His athleticism can put a lot of pressure on the defense and that's a thing I would love to see just a little bit of improvement from from him from now going forward. Because Because if he can get that, then he really is just such a dynamic player um, for the Nuggets, and it becomes almost untradeable. Um, and as I mentioned, I'd love to see him play some three along the starters. I think what we're going to see in Utah will probably be Gary Harris returning to the starting lineup alongside Torrey Craig at three, which is not bad. It's uh, getting closer to what I would like. But, um, that being said, if, if for some reason they were comfortable going with Beasley at the three with the starting unit, oh my God, I'd be in heaven. And I think the Nuggets would, would really dominate. Um, and then yeah, I just said he might have a, a, a bigger role for the Nuggets going forward. He might also have a T-shirt coming out on DenverStiffs.com from D Line Co. very very soon that I, I think I think fans will like. It's a it's very niche, but it's uh it's I think it's really dope. So keep your eye out for that. Torrey Craig, defense has been great on guards. Um, I'm excited for him to go back to what I think is his correct role, which is off the bench and probably somewhere around 15 minutes a game, not not 28 or whatever it is he's been playing lately. Um, the bench unit ha- is a lot less reliant on five-man motion. You know, that first unit, it's so much about Jokic goes into one pick-and-roll with Murray and then another one with Gary Harris and then another one with Will Barton. It's boom, 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 one after the other. That's what makes it so dynamic. Well, when Craig is out there, you, can, the, the, you, you always see Jokic kind of see Craig and then be like ah i'm going to go the other direction well in the second unit you know you're mostly the balls in Monte Morris's hands a lot more sometimes it's in Trey Lyles's hands to go one on one or post up or whatever but a lot of times it's in Monte's hands, hands and and then him and Beasley become spot up guys or him and Wancho or whoever it is that the combo that they throw out there Well, I think that more suits what he's trying to do. It relies – he gets to be a little bit more of a one-dimensional type offensive player, which I think suits him. He grabs those offensive rebounds, which is great, but there's less sort of like, oh, am I supposed to come into a pick-and-roll now? Am I supposed to go away? Um and that's not a knock on him. I think he can be great with that second unit. I think it's the correct role for him and he can excel at it. So I'm it's, he being demoted now that the starters are starting to trickle back is not a bad thing against him at all. Um, 30% from three on the season, 36 over the last 10. I don't think he'll ever be elite. I think Somewhere in between 30 and 36 is probably accurate. Um, And then his off-ball awareness. He's the one guy that I think Jokic probably consistently throws the most turnovers to. And a lot of that has to do with just like Torrey Craig cuts when he's supposed to space, space when he's supposed to cuts, goes back on defense too early. Just little things like that. He just doesn't seem to have a great feel um Wancho what a rut he is in it's this is a crazy this might be the craziest stat I throw at you Wancho is shooting 40 percent from the three-point line on the season still it feels like he has not made a three-pointer in in a month and a half and yet somehow he's still shooting 40 percent because of how hot he was to start the year so that feels a lot lower his minutes have plummeted I suspect he'll be cut out of the rotation now that everybody's healthy um and it might be good for him two weeks off might be a good thing for him now the cause for the slowdown is very concerning Is it because he's not in shape to play 82 games? That's a real big question mark for me. If you look at him, he is the skinniest. He sort of has the most room to grow physically on the team when you just talk about like getting some more muscle on his body. And I wonder if as many minutes as he's played, if he's just kind of run into a wall and he needs to add some strength in his legs. Uh, It would not surprise me. There's been talk of injury. So I think that's the leading kind of sort of theory for why he's in a rut. And that's why I think he probably could use two weeks off to kind of get his body back. Um, But right now, as there's just so many options for the Nuggets, I think he's a guy that probably gets cut out until there's, you know, some injury or some opportunity for him to give another shot at this. Um, So things to work on. His shot, he needs to find that again, strengthen his legs. And then maybe this summer, it's one of those things where he's going to be battling Chanchar for minutes because those guys are very similar. I think Chanchar just a lot stronger, a lot bigger, not nearly the shooter, I don't think. Um, That Wancho is so, but it'll be interesting to see if you could sort of merge those two guys. They would be a, a phenomenal player. Uh, and then lastly, Trey Lyles. It's going to be really interesting to see what he does now that he goes back to, with Monte and Mason. Almost primarily, he was a very good player alongside those guys. Not a very good player next to Jokic. This is crazy, but Jokic is a plus with every or, or I'm sorry, Lyles is a plus with every single player on the Nuggets roster except for Jokic, and he's a minus nine point seven in two hundred and sixteen minutes. That's such an enormous minus. Um, he Malone clearly knows this. That's why the two guys don't play together except for out of necessity. Um, so, so that'll be a thing. Um, with the trio of Monte Mason and Trey Lyles, that lineup was a plus 10 in 348 minutes. So, again, going back to the bench roll, I think will be good for him. Can he find his shot? Because if he finds his shot, the Nuggets are going to win a lot of games because you're going to get production out of two of Murray, uh, jokic and gary harris you're going to get production out of two out of those three guys sometimes three out of those three guys but you're going to get a production out of those guys pretty consistently and then you just need barton or Millsap or beasley or monte or plumley one of those other guys to sort of have a good game and trey lyles is one of those guys so if he's knocking down his shot and giving you something the nuggets are going to win a lot of games um Plus, minus 9.7 alongside Jokic, plus 9.7 with Mason. That's the craziest thing. Um, so read into that what you will. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Hopefully that gives you a nice overview of what I am seeing out of these guys so far this season. And um, like I said, it feels like a midway point of the season for for the team now. So we'll see how sustainable some of those numbers are and and, and how good the team can get going forward. We'll see everybody tomorrow with a brand new episode. Thank you for listening to the Locked on Nuggets podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com.